0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Mission Driven Made Podcast. We have a very special guest today, so make sure you stay until the end. Our guest is an entrepreneur, an educator, an inventor, and has over 2 million people per month viewing his content online. I want to welcome Evan Van Auken to the Mission Driven Made Podcast, where our community inspires people to win in all of their pursuits. I am really glad you're here, Evan, and thank you for being on the show. I appreciate it, Jacob. I like that winning in all pursuits. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. different
1: pursuits you can win in to have a good life, dude.
0: Yeah, it, it was hard for me at first because like to to kind of figure out where I wanted to go with all this, mm-hmm. but it ended up being more of like the personal development winning mentality for whatever you know pursuit is yep. uh someone's uh, diving into. So I like yeah, that. Thanks again, man. I really appreciate you being here. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. And there's a a lot that I want to unpack today with your background. And I recently saw within the last few weeks, you were a former firefighter. And before Mm -hmm. that, you had all types of jobs. Can you kind of go over the work experience that you had?
1: Yeah. So now that I'm looking back on it and I understand like what I'm doing, I'm like, oh, it makes sense now. But at the time, I had no idea. It was just I had that entrepreneurial spirit. That's it. That's it, man. Selling lemonade, you know, making CDs, mowing lawns, being a fry cook, like working on go pads, like just trying anything that I could, you know, to make a buck and climb out of what I was doing. I knew I, I didn't know I couldn't put words on it, but I knew that I needed money to accomplish things. I knew that I needed money to get things done. It's an instrument of change. It really is. And so kind of like deep down, I, I just kept working towards it to try and get more so I can make more change whether it was change my own life or change somebody else's. So it went through just a series of jobs, just trying everything I could possibly think of. And then there's this point where, you know, I was tired of doing sales. I was tired of working this job. I was tired of bouncing around. And I couldn't to my old man who was a fireman. And he had been for 30 years. And I was like, dude, it's like, pops, I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready to settle down, get a pension and a paycheck, do what you say, get educated and, and become a fireman. He's, I was like, but I can't deal with the blood and guts. I was like, what am I going to do? <laughs> like, I think I feel like I'm going to pass out if I see that shit. And he's like, "Don't worry, kid. Like once you have the uniform on and you know what to do, it you figure it out. Like I tr- trust me. It's not like that. You'll be okay." And I was like, "Fuck. All right. So that's what I went on. I moved away up to Northern California and went on this journey of becoming a firefighter, which took me about 5 years. It took me 5 years of working on an ambulance and going to paramedic school and, you know, just grinding, grinding, interviewing, interviewing. Testing, testing, until I finally got hired and got three job offers all in one week and ended up in San Bernardino County.
0: (laughs) Three in one week? (laughs) I have never heard of that
1: Mm -hmm. before. Wow. It just All the irons, it just all came at like once. And then I was forced to choose and I was like, oh, okay, I want to stay in Southern California. And I'm glad I did.
0: Awesome. And I always have to ask this to the, the fellow firefighter paramedics. How was your experience in medic school? I don't think people really realize <laughs> how challenging it is.
1: So medic school typically takes, I don't know, like a year and a half or two. Are you a medic? Yes. Jacob? Okay. Okay. So you, mm-hmm. you're familiar with it then. It took, takes like a year to two, depending on how fast the program is. Well, what's interesting about my program is that it was up in Northern California, mm-hmm. up in like Roseville. And they, the NCTI, the paramedic school, put on this thing for the Coast Guard. Coast Guard came up to him and said, hey, we need to put 30 guys through paramedic school in six months. Can you do it? And they're like yeah we got this we'll, we'll change up the program and then the coast guard pulled out and so then they decided to fill up that program with civilians and i was one of those people in this accelerated paramedic program that was supposed to get it done in six to nine months Ooh. and um, there was like nine of us or eight of us that ended up graduating from that class and it was non-stop dude it was full time i ate slept and breathed paramedic school and then as soon as we got out you know you go into the hospital and then you go into your internship where I interned in the city and uh, dude, it was intense. It was one of the most intense, probably the most intense studying I've ever done.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> Easily. And then it, when you say the city, uh, San Francisco? Um, Sacramento is where I Sacramento, interred. okay, gotcha. Yeah. So you you were busy there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, it was busy. I used to. They used to tell me, "Well, you're going to run 48 calls in 48 hours, dude. So be ready." And I'm like, "I don't even know how to do that. Like, what do you <laughs> even do? Like, how do you write that much paperwork?" And that's right. when I re- that's when I really started to understand what the job was about and how to get it done. And I'm like, "Wow, this is this is gnarly."
0: Awesome, and I kind of um, segueing into some of your personal content that I've seen, you know, mm-hmm. over the last few months. Uh, I believe a great teacher is someone who can take these complex topics and explain them in a simple and digestible way to people. And when I first saw your content online, I feel like light bulbs just went off for me. It was, it was amazing. Badass. Like all, all those things that are so confusing, you laid it out in the most simple fashion. I think it was uh, you were drawing some type of pictures or it was something mm-hmm. like it just made sense all of a sudden. How did you become such an effective educator or teacher with all this?
1: I've been practicing for a long time, but not in any official capacity. I've been practicing by training probies. I've been practicing by taking students. I've been practicing by helping people through EMT school, you know, and I didn't know it. I ran the study groups for paramedic school. Like that was just my jam. I liked doing it. The reason was selfish, though. The reason was completely selfish because I heard that if you really want to learn something, then go teach it. And so I'm like, okay, well, if I really want to learn paramedic paramedicine, and get good at it, I better be running the study group. So I ran the study group. And that kind of mentality kind of carried over. And to where I, I, dude, I stumbled so hard in business, man. Like I had so many expensive lessons and I made so many mistakes. And I'm like, dude, now that I know the answers, maybe I should
0: put it out there and see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, talking about those mistakes, um, becoming an entrepreneur, can you kind of, Tell us about some of the headaches that you did face in the beginning. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. So I didn't understand the
1: fundamentals. I didn't understand the fundamental basics, the fundamental truths with business. And some of those, one of those truths is, is the IRS wants to get paid every year. You just got to pay the IRS. Another truth is that the better records you keep, the more power you have. Because if you know like what's going on in your business and where the money's coming from, you can do different things. Because your your accountant can take a look at it, your CPA can look at it, and you can understand. And I also didn't understand uh, just the basics of LLCs and entity structures, all these core foundational principles. So once I started to understand those things, life got a little bit easier. But it didn't prevent me from still making mistakes too. I mean, some of the mistakes that I made as a person, like I, I took on too much. I thought I could get it all done. Um, I didn't delegate effectively in the beginning, and so I was like, "Oh, if you want it done right, you got to do it yourself," and that was a mistake. And I said yes to everything. No, 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 no. no, no. There's so many things I should have said no to. I should have said no to our first retailers. I should have said no to trying to ship out to Home Shopping Network. Like we weren't ready. But I learned some some valuable lessons.
0: Awesome. Yeah, it's just it's crazy to think about because when I see all the stuff that you put out. I would never guess that there are all those headaches and mistakes along the way. The people that have no idea. Dude, I had a storage unit of like 45,000 units of of unusable inventory because of
1: our mistakes, you know, and it sucks. It sucks. But, you know, um, I won't make those again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. And then uh, leaving the fire department, I know we talked about this offline for a bit um, Mm -hmm. before retirement is... Normally unheard of, um, for mm-hmm. the most part, at least. Yep. So can you kind of talk about the transition from firefighter to entrepreneur and how you made that happen? Oh, I love this
1: part. I love this part. I really do. That's a great question, Jacob, the way you framed it, too. Uh, so when I was in the fire department, I started out on the ambulance, worked my way up to suppression, got on the engine, et cetera, et cetera. Well, while I was you know, young in the department, I remember this captain. His name was Josh, Josh Wilkins. I'll never forget this conversation because it changed my life he invented an apple watch wristband made out of paracord and it had an adjustable link and so he found this um, niche with the outdoorsy and the techie where they were combined and wanted this wristband so he developed it he told me about how he developed it and how he found a manufacturer in china and he got prototypes sent over they finally arrived at you know the um the product and he ordered 500 of them and he would get them they would show up in bulk and he would put them in baggies put labels on them and send them into amazon and he was making eight thousand dollars a month extra while working at the fire department and i was just like holy shit are you serious (laughs) like you can do that and so that's what got my wheels turning i'm like i never had access to chinese manufacturers i never knew where to go i never knew what to do and and i was like dude if he can do it like i can do it like why can't why not And so it really, really got the wheels turning. And that's where I started. That's where it all started. So I started building up these companies while at the fire department. It was always on the side. It was always on the side. So while everyone else is racked back in the recliners, I was at the kitchen table with my laptop or in my room with my laptop. I was grinding it out, trying to turn a product into a company. And so last year, last December, it got to a point where I was paying my employees about as much as I was earning from the fire department. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Like, I need, my, I need more time back so I can effectively run these companies. So the first junction is, is with the wife, with, with your spouse. And you have to determine if it's a path you can look at. You know, and then I had to work out retirement, pension, and benefits. Those three things were what I was getting to suppress my dreams of being an entrepreneur. The salary, the benefits, and the pension were keeping me from leaving. So I'm like, okay, what do I need in order to replace it? Like, seriously, let's just run some math. So I'll never forget it. I was at the kitchen table. I had my notebook. It looked like this. And I was running the numbers on my pension and my health insurance with another fireman. And at the end, I was just like, this is doable. And so I needed wow. enough cash to cover my cash flow. I need like $5,000 a month to cover my cash flow. And then I needed an extra 1200 bucks to get the best health insurance for myself and my, my family. There's four of us. And then I needed an extra 2000 a month to put into investment accounts that would do better than my pension, right? Because remember, your pension's only giving you a portion of your salary. It's not giving you a portion of all the money you invest. And so if I could invest $1,000 to $2,000 a month, you know, into investment accounts and just put it in the stock market or whatever and let it grow, I would have way more. And so once I got to that tipping point in cash flow, the Captain came to me and he was like, "Hey man, chief just called, you're forced on Christmas Eve. You got to work again." And I'm like, you know what, Cap, I quit. Can you help me put in my two weeks? I'm not working on Christmas again. And it was a beautiful thing, but it was happy. It was happy because they knew what I was working on. They knew who I was. They knew what I was doing. And so it was a happy conversation, but I finally got to pull that trigger and leave on a good note. And um, it was a special time in my life. I kept the helmet.
0: That that story is amazing. I, I just got the goosebumps a little bit. That you was, know what it's like. You know yeah, what it's like to have, yeah. you know,
1: um, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Those, uh, those mandatories were mm-hmm. killer. And I know you work for a decent sized department too. Mm-hmm. It's just those three day long shifts, five day long shifts, week long shifts, and yep. you know, holidays and birthdays and all that. So, um, but that, that is awesome. And it's, it's very motivating because I don't know if everyone's familiar with a firefighter schedule, but you're at work a lot. So it's mm-hmm. cool to see you were able to do this while working probably double the hours or almost double the hours of a, you know, a normal employee. So, that, so that's great news for someone you know, if they're <laughs> in another career right now and they're looking to do that.
1: It can be done. If you want to learn how to do it from a laptop, you should read The 4-Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss. He'll teach you enough to
0: That book just came in for me. I have it on uh, <laughs> the other side of the office. Over it's a there. great book, uh, man. Awesome. Really good, awesome. Book. Really good book. And uh, one of the things I was most excited to talk to you about today was your online business school. Mm-hmm. So can you kind of tell us a little bit about that and um, what's in the course?
1: Yeah, when I when I started doing social media, like I originally started posting about firefighting stuff cause I was out of county and doing some, it doesn't matter. And I was like, holy shit, like there's a tension out here. People care what I have to say. Let me start talking about something I really care about. Let me start talking about business and entrepreneurship and how I'm building these companies. And so I started doing that. And as I started to do that, people started to ask me questions and I'm like, whoa, what if I just have made myself available on Zoom to talk to people? Let's see what happens. You know, I didn't know any better. And so what had happened was I ended up talking to hundreds of people, hundreds of new business owners, hundreds of kids, hundreds of 18-year-olds who wanted to get started investing, people who didn't know anything about crypto, people who really wanted to, you know, just start their business, they didn't know what to do next. And I started to figure out what the questions were. And I started to learn all these questions from my community. And I'm like, holy shit, dude, these questions are the same. Everybody doesn't know these things. And so after speaking with hundreds of people, I was like, okay, these questions need answers. And it's not fair for me to only answer questions one-on-one. I need a way that I can teach people without me being present. And so I kicked the family out of the house. They went and visited the in-laws for a week. I sat down right here and I recorded a 50-video business course. I made legal documents. I put quizzes in there, all that stuff, you know, that would make it good and um, I just released it last month so that people can learn what they need to learn without having to sift through all the bullshit.
0: Awesome. So it would uh, be good for anyone that's just looking to start a business and doesn't know too much yet. Pretty much, pretty much. So basically what it is, is um, in order, like I talk a lot about like
1: S-Corps and tax savings and how to pay yourself. But there's so many things that you need to understand first to understand why we're doing what we're doing right and so it's really important to understand the core fundamentals like why you're getting an llc why do you open a bank account what's an ein and walking you through all these basic business building skills so that at the end i can tell you how to save money using an s corp and, and more complicated tax strategies so it's all encompassing in the
0: beginning i feel like that could take out months of uh, headaches for people that are starting entrepreneurship oh yeah, easily 100 <laughs> percent. yeah awesome I would also love to hear about just a day in the life for you and what, what that looks like.
1: I've spent a lot of time buying my time back recently because um, I was uh, still had that do-it-yourself mentality. You know, if you want it done right, you can do it yourself. But those are the most expensive words an entrepreneur can say. You know, my, my role and my capacity needs to be focused on only the things that I can do best. And so if someone else can do it 80% as well as me, I need to hire them out. I need to hire them to take that off my plate. And so I've been doing a lot of that in the last couple of months because before then I was, you know, working in the beginning of the day all the way up until night. But why? Why? What's the point of that? I'm working to live my life with the people that I love and care about. Why would I want to be not present? So how do I get become present? How do I become present again? And I need more time. And so... Um, I have a pretty structured day in terms of I have a I keep a journal as you know you've seen the TikToks, but you know I write everything down on daily my gratitude lists and whatnot but I've spent a lot more time hiring different people to help me I hire people from all over the world Africa Colombia India and they work for me and I delegate tasks and they really help me get things done so majority of my day now is spent you know um, making sure that my vision is understood making sure that my people have what they need to get the job done and making sure that they're empowered and valued. Like I just, I run shit now and it's so fucking fun, dude.
0: That's amazing. And when did you like get to the point where you knew you had to hire someone? Was it um, a financial type thing or is it just because you, like you said, you're working morning till night? I got a business coach and I was like, boxing coaches,
1: boxers have coaches. Like You know, like in in the in the, you know, fire department, you have the 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 um, senior fireman who's going to teach you and guide you, you know, like people have coaches and and guides like I need a fucking guy. I don't know what I'm doing. I've never gotten to this point before. And so I got a business coach and I said, here's the problems. Here's what I don't like. Here's what I do like. What do I do? And she helped a lot with that. And so then we went on this path of like, Okay, what can we get rid of? What can we farm out? What can we what can we get rid of? i take off your plate. To get your time back and that's when we really started focusing but i didn't know until i had an outside perspective
0: yeah yeah, absolutely and with all the success that you have had so far if you kind of look back i mean this could be six months ago for you or years Mm -hmm. ago when you first started thinking about this did it just seem like a pipe dream at first it always does it always seems like a pipe dream it always seems
1: like oh no not me no i could never do that but that's such limited thinking. And once you start getting into the mindset of like, oh, I could I could pull that off like it would be challenging, but I could do it. It's a completely different mindset, even though those they sound similar. Um, it's a completely different mindset. And somewhere a couple years ago, that mindset flipped for me. It was like, oh, I did this like pff, I could do that. I think it was once I realized that most people that were calling the shots and running the world were not smarter than me. You know, and they're not smarter than you either, Jacob. They're just regular people. Once you yep. realize that the people that run shit are regular. You're like, I can do that too. I don't yeah. know. But a, a, a concrete answer would be there's a book called The Magic of Thinking Big, and that will give you the answers in that category if you're looking
0: for them. The Magic of Thinking Big. Okay. I'll, I'll have to add that to the, the queue <laughs> of books that I have. That's a yes. uh, fantastic okay. read. Absolutely. And uh, this might be a, a little bit ambiguous, uh, but I'll ask you anyway. Well, what has been the hardest or most challenging part about being an entrepreneur? Hmm. Finding answers to questions that I don't know where to find the answers. It's so hard.
1: It's so hard because I don't know. You don't know where to start. For example, um, I have a product called Scorchmarker, and that's one of our bread and butter companies that I like to run. And my wife and I invented while working on a plaque for the fire department. It's a wood burning marker. It's really cool. But there's a chemical formula in there. And I've been trying to accomplish these few tasks with this formula. But I'm not a chemist. I'm not a chemical engineer. I don't know any chemists. I don't know any chemical engineers. So I've been hunting for years for the right people. And it's one of those things that has been a thorn in my side. It's just a challenge. Um, We're overcoming it now, finally, within these last couple weeks. But it's just one of those things, man. Sometimes it's hard to find people that have the answers you need.
0: Did you ever have those days, especially in the beginning, where basically the needle didn't move whatsoever because you were mm-hmm. stuck on something? Did that happen to you too? It happens all the time.
1: Sometimes <laughs> it can happen on a weekly basis. Sometimes it can be like, man, I'm just not feeling it today, dude. I, I just can't. I can't get there. And that's okay. And that's okay. Highly productive people and aren't always productive every day. It's just it's, it's too hard to maintain. And so if you just listen to your body and go with the ebb and flows and trust yourself, that's how, I, that's how I was able to get through that part. 100%. And, uh, you know,
0: all right. you, know. And so you have the getting... bad
1: days too, Jacob. And we all do.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, when I was asking the question about moving the needle or not moving the needle, that was kind of, I was thinking about myself. You know, some of those mm-hmm. days you're sitting there and for 12 hours and, and nothing happened because you're stuck. <laughs> so yep. that's actually why I, I thought of that question.
1: Mm-hmm. Moments like those yeah. build character, yep. man. Yep. yeah they remind you of like
0: yeah it's it's good it's good stuff yep it reminds me of when you're learning to become a medic <laughs> in the beginning how stressful it is oh my god so stressful yeah all right so uh, this is going to be um the last part of the show i want to give you the floor for a couple minutes and if you um could tell someone that has um some aspirations of starting a business or becoming an entrepreneur in general mm-hmm. Um, how can they set themselves up for success in the beginning? What, what would be the first few tangible things they can do? All right.
1: Setting yourself up in the beginning. It's like new business owner, entrepreneur.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm. The first thing would be to ask as many questions as you possibly can. You know, really seek out knowledge because the more you know, the more you can do. Knowledge really is power when it comes to, to business. So, going off, that basis, uh, going off that basis of understanding, well, we'll yeah. s- let's talk about some of that knowledge that would help you become a business owner. And there's really five main steps for me that I have boiled everything down to. Five main steps. You know, there's some stuff beforehand to think about and afterwards, of course, and during, but five main things. And the first one is to figure out if you're going to be a sole proprietor or an LLC. Get that entity situation figured out. But not everybody needs an LLC. The important thing is just to start. Just get it done. Just go. Either get one or don't. I recommend getting one because it gives you a good foundation for everything else that I talk about and teach afterwards. And it can't hurt. You can always get rid of it. You know what I mean? So get that LLC and then go get a social security number for that LLC. It's called an EIN. Really, really easy to get. there free. This makes your entity, you know, completely separate from you. Now you have a business, right? A separate business entity. And you can do all kinds of cool stuff. You can take that LLC and that EIN and you can go down to the bank and you can get a bank account. Or you can go online and do it. Now you have a way to take business money for that separate entity. And now you can keep it separate from you. Holy shit. Like, this is more than what most people have done. The the next thing, the fourth thing, would be to check with your city and just see if there's any permits, requirements, you know. It's like 70 bucks to get a business license where I am. It's not super expensive. And they just want to know that you're not doing anything toxic or crazy. And the last thing is, While you're doing this, while you're going through this business venture of your um, uh, journey of yours, keep good records. Keep track of the stuff that you spend. Keep track of the stuff that you take in. It's really important because if you know exactly what's coming in, and exactly what's going out, you can plan. You can save more money on taxes and you can better manage your money. And it can be as simple as only spending business expenses with the business account and only spending personal money with your personal account when because eventually you know as money comes into your business account it's going to build up and you're going to have some extra money in there you're going to have some profits to get those profits from your business bank account to your personal account you just got to transfer it and label it an owner's draw and with that little foundation of knowledge right there understanding you know LLC, ein get a bank account you know, um, get a permit and keep good records. You can pretty much start any business with that general understanding of knowledge and you can flush it out from there. And that would be my advice is don't be afraid to ask those questions and don't be afraid to pay taxes because taxes really aren't that bad. They really aren't. And a lot of people are afraid to report their money and afraid to do anything, you know, um, white hat because they're afraid of getting slapped with taxes and doesn't work that way it's 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 a lot more manageable it's a lot more easy than you thought it would be
0: gotcha and uh, when you were just talking about um, the owner's draw part transferring money from accounts i was like wait mm. i knew that and then i just realized i think i learned that from you probably five or six months ago oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah i uh, yeah. do
1: i make all kinds of content around that stuff because these are just the simple concepts that people ask a lot about
0: yeah is it hard creating new content mm, all the time
1: yes and no it's hard to sit down and like record and, and, and draw everything out and get it to where I want because I really want to make it really good and I really want to make it polished, but that's not what people want to see. And so I struggle fighting that internal battle of, you know, authentic, real content versus polished and informational and yeah. things like that. So yes and no. Some days it's harder than others. That's for sure.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. And where can people connect with you and where can they enroll in your business school? I'm going to link everything in the show description. Oh,
1: awesome. Yeah, it'd be great. You just go to vanader.com. If you, V A N A D E R, it's uh, the name of my social media, but I created a website, which is a central hub. You can find everything there on my YouTube channel, or my blogs. You can connect with all my social media, jump in the Discord, join the business school, whatever you want to do.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Yep. I'll make sure to link those in the show description, and then also on all all the social medias. So uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to the Mission Driven Made podcast. If you found value in this, please subscribe, leave a five-star review, and share with a friend. Evan, thanks for bringing so much value to all the listeners today. I appreciate it so much. And until next time, everyone, stay mission-driven.